the hard shoulder on News Talk with the all-new Nissan Juke, the coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan, innovation that excites. We are moving forward on our lengthy series on the family and the way it has changed over recent processes. And today we want to focus on, uh, we've done single parenting, dual parenting, same-sex couples, blended families and so much more. Today we want to talk about adoption. Who can adopt? Who can be adopted? Getting access to information and documentation decades after the adoption. Uh, Stephanie Regan, you're most welcome. Hi Ivan, how are you? Okay, let's let's talk about this in a historical context, first of all. Indeed. Well, I suppose the truth is you can't really talk about adoption, can you, in Ireland without, as you say, looking back a little bit. Our history is pretty dark and repressive in that sense when we think of adoption. And of course, well, and certainly as I would see it, and I think most people, it was very interlinked with the hold of the Catholic Church um, on women and um, on the the whole, I suppose, damnation of women who, when they got pregnant, as if they had done it all on their own. And um, we then have this huge fallout, as we know, with the mother and baby homes, all of all of what has been revealed there, which I think has shocked everyone to the core. And now we're in the in the phase where so many people who have been adopted want to know the correct information. This is the huge issue for now that we have from that and this is of course the tracing and the revealing of records and I know you've spoken here on the programme as I remember with to Susan with, um, Susan Lowen, Susan Lowen yeah. yes who, who speaks up for the um, Adoption Rights Alliance and champions this whole issue and I just when I looked at it the big issue which seems to be there is that the that Tusla put forward that you cannot that this information cannot be revealed because the there an adoption act that they refer to um says that adoption records can never be made public but of course that can be superseded by the european law which states that we all our data that is personal to ourselves it, it, no matter what institution holds it actually belongs to us we have access to that and i think that's the crux of that argument that in fact whose records are these if this record is all about me don't I have a right to that, no matter who else holds it, what institution okay, holds I, it? I'm, I'm very curious about this because we debated a number of times. First of all, let me yes. paint the picture. Uh, Ireland, 1960s. Uh, couples go to the ballroom of romance. They have sex. Mm. Uh, it's a one-night stand and she becomes pregnant. She is what used to be termed then an unmarried mother. Yes. Uh, she then... Uh, goes to uh, the parish priest and they say this is a stigmatised situation we need to cover it up and you have to go away for your period of confinement and you hand the baby up and it's called a mother and baby home and and Chewham and so on and this now sounds like the dark ages that I'm giving a history lesson yes. but all this actually happened and it was an era when there was no abortion there was very little contraception there was a lot of ignorance the whole thing was a taboo mm. now those kids who went who were born and went through the baby homes yes um were i suppose the basis of people who couldn't have children and provided a great opportunity because I know lots of people Indeed. who've had really fulfilling and happy, happy lives absolutely. and they were adopted children. And that so is there's the flick two side. sides to this story, which yes, is right. that the adoptive parents decide to break. So mm. the deal here was 
that you go to the particular uh, mother and baby home or whatever it might be in different yes. religions and there's a confidentiality agreement. The father or whatever mm-hmm. and they all sign this. So that is the reason why it's a secret. It's not just to deny people. It's that those people went on to be married yes. themselves. They had subsequent things. And if it came along that they had a love child from the past mm. or a child, that could disrupt their whole family. Yes. So there are two sides to this story. Well, there story. are two sides to it. But I think we've also moved on a lot. I think because the whole stigma has lifted and the whole that there is no shame. I, I appreciate completely what you're saying that these people went into this, you know, this woman, let's say this mum goes into this arrangement and she does it under these conditions and the conditions are confidentiality. And I have met, I have met the, those sort of two sides of that where, um, let's say a daughter, you know, who knows she's adopted, tries to make contact with the mum and it's done and, and she is rejected. Because the, that the is still there. The birth mother does not want to know. Like we hear the happy She's stories. She's airbrushed it out of her, her life. She has airbr- and and we can understand that. Yeah. Of course we can understand that. But then there is this question. You know, people now would say, well, has she the right? Has that daughter a right to know who her parents are? Not everybody agrees. I think and they wait, do. Wait, this has been going on in the Senate and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. What is the legal situation as of now? Do they have an absolute legal right to get the information or not? No, my understanding is it's still by agreement and by consensus, yeah. Okay. I don't okay. think that All absolute right. right is there. Okay. Where so you could traverse other rights. All that right. could supersede other rights. I don't think so. All right. No. Okay. So that is is an issue. Yes. Right. Now, because of all the social changes, the yes. number of kids being put up for adoption has greatly reduced. Give has, us some figures on the profile of the kids that are actually made available for adoption. Well, the, the numbers are absolutely uh, tiny. Really, now, there were, um, for example, um, family adoptions, which would be, you know, the more the main type of adoption in Ireland, would would have, in, say, 2016, totaled 65. Very small. Less than 100, yeah. Less than 100. Whereas if we look in comparison and sort of, you know, just, just put a figure against that, there would be 6,000 children in care. Foster-type right. care. Right. Okay. So there's which many we children. In yes, which we discussed in detail. But of course, what has changed now is that they, there has been a number of, and as I say, I'm not a legal person, but just there, there have been changes to the um, adoption kind of. There've been, been amendments to it that uh, to to the Adoption Act, which allows now um, some foster children to be adopted. In other words, there was a time when you could never adopt a child where um, you could never adopt a child where the parents had been married. That was the, that was the kind of okay. the disqualifying factor. Whereas now, because lo- lots of children would come into care from those kind mm. of environments yeah, too. Yeah. And that has now changed. And of course, it has um, also provided for um, adoption by yeah, um, same-sex couples, by single gay people and whatever. Okay. All showing so, to so be good the, parents. If, if, that's, if it's less than 100 of kids that are actually put into adoption, even though some people are in institutions and in difficult situations and in subject to care orders that maybe they should be put up for adoption, but fostering is the kind of halfway house. What's the ratio of that 65 to the number of people, couples, who would like to adopt? Uh, Well, my understanding is it's 14 times more. That's there the figures Thusla would use. Um, 14 times more people want and apply than have. And then, of course, we have the international, you know, what what they would call the... um, 
inter, sorry, of, intercountry. intercountry adoption where the child, I mean, domestic adoption, of course, refers to where children are living in the state, but the intercountry adoption refers where the children live in other states okay, and in well, other countries. And there are only some countries that have that arrangement uh, where, where they can, if you like, fully legally adopt. And, you know, in other words, where the adoption authority here has an agreed reciprocal arrangement with those countries and where they can, what you would call, totally trust the systems of selection and adoption that for children being put up. All so right. that this so, is all so, to so prevent trafficking, etc. Let, let's look at this of the 14 to 1 ratio. Yes. Couples looking to adopt. What is the criteria where, and who do you go to if you want to adopt? Everything is done through the Adoption Authority of Ireland. Okay. Their assessments are not open and stated out there. You know, it is suitability. But age is not... I mean, there's some things, obviously, you can... It's rather like fostering in many respects. You have to prove yourself to be a solid couple. There, They will be looking at... Uh, looking to see that you are balanced, that you are together as a couple, whether you are married or not, that you have a certainty together, the reasons you want to adopt, because people have funny mixed views about adoption. You know, I'm often surprised. You'll you'll hear, hear people, you know, you'll hear many couples who don't have children. And uh, I, I might, you know, even in therapy say to them, and have you thought about adoption or have you thought about fostering? And and it would be an, a complete and total no. So not everybody feels well, why, that why adoption is, is for them. Why is that? Well, because sometimes they will say to me, oh, we feel we'll be taking on a difficulty you know there's a kind of perception in some people's minds that you know the children who have been put up for adoption will have all sorts of yeah. problems because well, every a, child is difficult well exactly you know. <laughs> and and i mean <laughs> that's actually a, a yeah. sound thinking uh, yeah. you know you're and taking I, on a lot when you take on a child in any circumstances in any circumstances and i often think you know when they do these assessments which of course are very important when you are pairing a child with mm. a couple but the reality is if a lot of of couples who um, were just having children went through the same assessment they might be told not to bother you know what I mean it's who, who, whose marriage is certain whose relationship would stand up to that so scrutiny you, you must be aged over 21 Yes, you must be aged over 21. So, so That's almost the the only thing. And you must have room, you know, obviously, and show the means to be able to. Because okay. there's no payment around adoption, remember, whereas with fostering there is. It's an important yeah, point. No, no, no. no. I, I, is there a payment the other way? In other words, that say there are no kids available mm-hmm. in Ireland to adopt and a couple desperately want to have kids, right? Yes. Like, I, I know of people who have adopted and over the years it would be Russia. You see cel- celebrities, you know what I mean? Yes. And so on. Wh- wh- what countries, you know, you spoke about the, the back-to-back kind of legal arrangement. What would be the typical countries that you could go to? Are they non-EU countries? And, and just how scary is all that? Yes. Well, the important point, if I may say, is that if you look it up for anybody, it is under the Adoption Authority of Ireland. There are a a list of countries which are agreed and allowed. And they in other words, from that, from those countries, they can get what's called a declaration of eligibility and suitability that they are the only countries that they will allow you to work from. And this is a constant changing situation. In other words, they are making up You know, they're making new arrangements with new countries all of the time. All right. Well, tell me then about some of the relationship issues that could emerge. So you've adopted, would you say the younger you adopt the child, the better? In other words, if they've had a troubled life and they're now six, 
Like I know, I know of right. someone who's a peer of mine, and they had the most horrendous relationship, father and adopted mm. son, and 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 they said afterwards that they had another adopted son and it worked out great. That it just was too late when yes. when the baby well, or the, when the child arrived. So when the child, of course, when it's an infant child, you're it's obviously easier. going. It's easier, I suppose. The well, I wouldn't say it's bonding. Even it's just that the child is has less time to be damaged elsewhere or in any way damaged by any kind of deprivation that was involved in terms of their care. So that's really what you're dealing with. But lots of people take kids who are older. and uh, But th- th- that is part of the reason because all sorts of, of issues are avoided if the earlier you can go. It also, most mothers who haven't had children would love to have a child in the earliest stage yeah. to allow for the bonding, to allow for that deep connecting to go on. So yes, um, early, early is, is best from an emotional side. Okay. What are the type of problems that can subsequently emerge? At what age would you tell the child that they were adopted? Well, the um, the advice is to discuss adoption, to always have that as an open communication, an open subject, and to make sure that they know they're adopted. That is the advice that is given. So they're always sort of, they know they're adopters. The, the important, so it's spoken of in the family in an open way, rather than them going to school and having somebody else tell mm. them. So that's important. And I've seen ma- and worked with many families where there has this been this very open communication and everybody understands. Well, when is when is all the time? I mean, like, is it a two or three or four? In other words, that yes. like, there, there are issues whereby, you know, uh, Male, pale, and stale isn't you know the, the Irish. You, you'd visibly notice that it was a that different, different child, yes, and, and different to the parents. It just yeah. the color of their hair, or just That's the right. color of their skin, or whatever it yes. might be. Yes, So, so in those cases, I mean, are you saying from two years of cases, age on the mother's knee, you kind of sit down and say, "I want to tell you something very important." No, I think it's just that it's it becomes um, part of the discussion of family. You know that um, you know Mary is. Um, we we espe- we went especially and chose Mary for example, oh, right. yes. rather than in a positive way. Yeah. Yes, in a positive way, rather than all the heavy. It's a bit like you know they say about telling kids about the birds and bees. Just tell them what they need to know. Yeah. But tell them early, and you know, wait for the questions, but don't don't flood them with all the heavy detail. So leaving aside the potential for bullying and something like yes. that in school. And, and you're different and the kind of cultural issues that may, may emerge there or yeah. may not emerge. Uh, what are the other problems that may emerge for adoptive parents and for the child? Yeah, well, I must say I've dealt with a, a, few, a few situations where um, children, you know, adoptive Adoptive parents would run into problems, especially when they're teenagers. Um, Behaviours can get harder and more challenging because maybe as they move into teenagehood, they begin to a, have all the rebellion stuff that we all have and we all go through. But they begin to feel more around the maybe rejection of having been put up for adoption and they can begin to act that out. That is not unusual. It's not all the time, but it's not unusual in an adopted child sort of profile. Mm. And um, so they can be a little more challenging, I think is a fair way to put it, because there's questions start coming into their own mind. And um, I heard um, somebody said something to me recently, which I thought was quite good. They said, and that person is adopted. And she said, the older I get, the more adopted I feel in my family. Because she's more different 
and the traits of, of the others who are you know born to the parents become more pronounced whereas in the beginning they're all just kids mm. but as time goes on the personality traits hugely come through so that's one I think that the other the other kind of things that are Do parents accept that? Yeah, and I talked, funny, I asked a few people who I know have adopted children just before this, and mm. I thought this was very interesting. Uh, one guy said to me, he said, you know, I have, I have a, an, adopted, um, an adopted girl and other girls, and, um, and also um, a boy. And he said that, I thought it was interesting, he, he said, never really noticed any difference, but definitely noticed that he was more forgiving of the adopted per girl, because... You don't see the traits. You don't see this mirror of your own traits. Whereas you often do, you know, with your own, you think, yeah. oh, that's, that's blooming me or that's yeah, him yeah, or, yeah, you yeah. know. And well, I always say every, every, every mucked up thing in your head you pass on to your kids yeah. that you received from your own parents and you throw in a few yes. extra ones as well. And you kind of see it there, you know, yeah, whereas yeah. with the adopted child, you maybe have that escape route in a sense mm. or it's sort of a, a leeway that you, you, don't, um, you don't sort of dis- dislike it. Okay, yes, say, so forgiving so, of the say, traits. Say, say you have an adopted child and just yeah. say they came from, I'll pick someone at the top of my head, mm. Vietnam. And the situation is, uh, mummy, mummy, I want to find out all about Vietnam. I want to find out about yes. my parents and so on. Yeah. Uh, what's the right way to deal with that? Well, I think the right way is certainly to, to, you know, once that question is asked and that yearning is there, it won't go away. It won't go away. So you're going to have to appease it at some okay. point. So you play a part. You know, people talk about, about adoptive mothers and, and fathers feeling threatened by it. I I don't, I, that's not what I encounter. You know, that they feel threatened, like they lose the love of the child or whatever. They don't. It's just like having children. You know, children have room for both parents. I have never heard a child say, you know, reject their adoptive parents when they find their birth parents. That's not what happens. You know, so it's not a threat. It's just a larger family unit. Those reunions, you know, just mm. bring in and of course they're positive and negative, but they it's a bit like you have you have three children or, or whatever. You've room in your heart for more than mm. one. Well well children do too. When they find that other mum, they are able to find a place for her, which is obviously very deep okay. And still love the adoptive well, mom see, and dad. Well, you see, I had this really inspirational case okay. on, on the radio uh, last Friday week, which was Anna. Yes. And this girl had been taken as part of A.D. Roach's Chernobyl situation. Oh, yeah. And she was the most dynamic 26-year-old young woman with a really cork accent. Yeah. And she had, had no lower limbs and she now has a full life. And it is the most remarkable, yeah. inspirational story. And she's a lovely person. Right. Um, and she, she said to me, that her mother, back in in in, in Belarus, mm-hmm. in Minsk, yes, was told that the baby was disabled at birth, was put up, uh, uh, had died, had died, oh, had, died. had died. She was told. So, in other words, I I I, I never spoke to Anna about that, but yeah. my question is to use that parallel uh, of 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 an analogy mm. of of. Say the backstory is very difficult very in a grim. foreign country. Yeah, what, what, you know, should you be protective of the child about? Well, I that? think you should be protective until the child is an adult and ready, ready for the story. Yeah, absolutely. But when the questions are asked, I think you can't no hide the truth. Okay. Yes, I I don't think lies work okay. in this because deep somewhere deep in the person they kind of know. The final the final thing I want to ask you is meeting your birth parents. Yes. 
I, I just saw something in your notes there that the expectations of the adopted person and the expectation of the birth mother yes. are often different and end in disappointment. Explain That's right. that. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm myself, I'm very drawn and I'm sure you've seen it. The programmes now on ITV and BBC, there's a lot of reunion programmes about yes. adopters and I find them extremely touching and gorgeous to watch. But I'm aware of complications because I've dealt with them myself, of course, in my own work. And But the... The problems tend to be around the high expectations of the birth parents, not of the child or the adopted child, young adult now. And, you know, the other thing is, it's positive or negative. They can overwhelm them with love. They can overwhelm them with what they expect from so them. So it means more to the, the to mother, the, adults, the birth mother. Right. Yes, because they have, they have endured the loss. They have endured the letting go. Whereas the kids got on with his life. Well, they probably life, had yeah. now a very steady, you know, okay. upbringing. And so the research shows that, you know, and some of them, they don't all work out. I mean, some of them are negative, of course. And sometimes they meet mothers and fathers, not just that the mothers and fathers don't want to know, but that they meet them and they're still unsteady people and they're not able to deal with them. And 78% stay in touch um, eight years later when checked and 7% experience outright rejection. So it's very... The outright rejection is low. It's a low figure. So definitely not one to um, dissuade people from doing it. All right. What do you say will be on our last of the series? I suppose next week, I think we're going to talk about the family and Christmas and family. all those sticky moments and all those sticky relationships that are tricky. I have, I have 17 coming to my house. Indeed. And I how to clear it, them. how to all clear right. that air. All right. <laughs> my thanks as always. In I, I hope that was useful. If you're interested in adoption in any aspect of your own life or family, my thanks as always to Stephanie Regan, our clinical psychotherapist. Uh, thank you as always. I look forward to speaking to you next week. 